The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. Work. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both of you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the world-famous Jonesy and Brown Show. That is Mike Jones. I am John Brown. We are we are your Philly sports bulls. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever you get your favorite podcast from. Just go to bitwsports.com. Hit us up, Facebook, Instagram, Twix. At, uh, let's go see. I'm on something. You're about determined to, to no. make this the thing. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Twix is a thing. Twix is going to stick. All right, it's my word. I'm gonna make my term stick. Twix, bro, you had me. You had me. I was like Twix. Twix. What is, what is Twix? I didn't even know. Like, exactly. I put Twitter slash X. Twitter slash X. That it took yep. me a second. It's Twix. I got you. At Jonesy and Brown. That's all one word. Jonesy and Brown, or at Bitw Sports. We got a guest for you today, man. I got a guest. Dug deep into once again. Our personal Rolodex of all my exclusive friends and bringing the guests back to the show because I believe the last time he was on the show, uh, you were out for the uh, for the week. So I wanted now, to Jonesy talk to you. Yeah, Jonesy was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, got, I had to bring back Jason Ashworth because that's my brother. And this is a man who's full of opinions. He's got a lot to say. And Jonesy, you being someone who's got a lot to say, and full of opinions. I figured during a week where our beloved Philadelphia Eagles are now on a two-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. And lost you know, to the two biggest rivals in college. Exactly. We, in embarrassing and, fashion. And, and now the wheels are falling off. It is mm-hmm. now it is dooming is a level of doom and gloom that we have not seen in this city in years. In how many years? Two, three. I'm, come on, it, <laughs> look. We're we're all old enough to know how this works. Uh huh. We've all seen this before, but now, but we got it. But because it's tradition, we must act like it's brand new, and we don't know how to act. First of all, Jason, welcome to the show. That's that's first and foremost. I appreciate. It. Let's uh-huh. get down to the business. The real reason I'm on the show is you just ran out of people to invite. No. I know. <laughs> First of all, yeah, that's beside the point. Yeah, yeah you're still enough. a good guest. That's that's exactly. That's you know, <laughs> I, I might have run out of people to yeah. invite on the show, but yeah, nonetheless, think... you're still a good. You're still a good guest, though. And I have a lot of opinions. You're right. Yeah, exactly. Not all good ones. They're not all good ones, but I have I, a lot. I, of I, I oh, that makes it a lot more fun. Yeah. yeah yes, it does. Because we 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 need the opinions this week no because. Doubt. We are at, like I said, we are at a point. We've been here before, but we always like to act like we've never been here before. You know, rotten is two-game losing streak. We've now lost to the Cowboys. We've lost to the 49ers. Got blown out by the Cowboys. Got blown out by the 49ers. Mm -hmm. And now that's what we're focused on. That's where we're at. All of a sudden, beating the Chiefs don't matter. Beating the Bills don't matter. Beating so, Miami don't matter. Let me well, let me throw this at you. Go ahead. I, I, I'll, I'll phrase it this way. 
when the season started in September, if I told you at looking at the schedule at this point in the year, you'd be 10 and three, what would you say? Take it. Yeah, oh, so you took it, it all day. Take it. I'd be day. I would be online booking my trip to Las Vegas, trying to figure out how we gonna work out these podcasts from the Super Bowl. Right. So doesn't that mean that in reality, and I know what you mean, and trust me, I agree with you because it's not just that they lost the last two, it's how they lost the last two. But doesn't that make the fact that they beat Miami, they beat Kansas City, they beat Buffalo, doesn't that make those we that does matter now? Because if because we went into a couple of those games chalking up a couple L's saying, look, I don't they're not gonna beat all three of them. And maybe they right. didn't have Kansas City with a win. Maybe they didn't have a big second half comeback against the Bills. And then you then and then you compound that into a San Francisco and Dallas loss, now we're in trouble, real trouble. Mm. So I would say, if nothing more, those games, I do care about beating Miami. I do care about beating Kansas City. Not because I think it makes them any better today, but just for seeding, just for position perspective heading into the postseason. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't like it. And beating, let's not forget, and beating Dallas in Philly. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. In a game that ended closer than it really was. Because mm-hmm. the benchmark be kept, kept getting moved for when this alleged gauntlet was started, because mm-hmm. it was supposed to start at the first Cowboys game. Then a couple teams didn't look quite like what they thought they would at the beginning of the year, and they kept shifting it back. Well, no, it doesn't start till like this schedule has been the toughest of anyone anyone's had in the league so far. Mm-hmm. Correct. Fortunately, we get to fin- finish the year with the easiest remaining schedule in the league. So, and I hear a lot of people talking about that, Jonesy, and, and I agree, right, on paper, right? Mm-hmm. It is, in theory, the easiest out uh, to finish up the season. But if you look at the last two games, just the way that they're playing, because I don't care how they started the season. I don't care how they played during the middle of the season. I, mean, I only care about the here and the now. Mm-hmm. Whether it's an easy schedule or not, they are not playing good football on either side of the ball. We know the Eagles do have a tendency to play down to their opponents. I'm telling you right now, Monday mm-hmm. night in Seattle is going to be a dogfight. Oh, yeah. A team they haven't beaten in years, a mm-hmm. place in the city they've traveled to and haven't won in years. So I think a lot of people looking at these remaining four games as a cakewalk, not a cakewalk, but a 4-0 stretch, need to start taking it 1-0. Mm-hmm. One game at a time. I think a lot of people are overlooking Seattle real quick. And I'm telling you, if you go into, if you go into Seattle on Monday night, and take a third straight L, heads are going to oh. spin. Now, I'll admit, spin. I am overlooking the Giants and the Cardinals sure. slightly. Seattle, mm-hmm. I think, is a dangerous game. Yeah. yeah. Because they have – Seattle's always played his stuff. Yeah. But, no, Seattle has three wide receivers that can all catch the ball at a high rate. The rookie, mm-hmm. Jason Lockett, and Metcalf. And we have our secondary problem. So, so I don't expect that to be an easy game. You look at DJ Metcalf, and you look at what makes DJ Metcalf DK. dangerous. No, what I say, DJ, blame the cup. Um, <laughs> but uh, what's in the look, cup? We'll, we'll get into that. But, uh, I didn't know. If, I didn't know. I didn't know if you had a little Pat Dev going on because I was no, no. Oh. Pat Dev. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice, but. Uh, but um, you look at what makes Metcalf dangerous. You look at what makes DK Metcalf dangerous. Yeah. And then you see what made Debo Sam- Samuel a, a beast mm-hmm. last, uh, last week. It wasn't just catching the ball. It was yards after the catch. It was the fact that there no, it looked like no one, no linebacker, no DB could bring Samuel down. 
when you have 116 yards, 115 after the catch, I'm sitting, and now you're looking at Metcalf. You got to be a little bit worried. You got to be a little. You got to be a little bit scared. I do think. I, I look at those wide receivers, and mm-hmm. that scares me. I'm a little. The fact that we don't know who's going to throw them the ball kind of is a little bit of a calming force. Like, okay, all right, man, you know, it, it it means that there's a chance. The Eagles have a chance because mm-hmm. you don't know who's throwing them the ball. And quite frankly, I, I believe that although, you know, I've, I've, I've talked about, uh, I've complimented and, and talked about Geno Smith, like liking Geno Smith as a player in the past. Geno Smith doesn't scare me. He's, he is, uh, you know, he's, 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 he's a guy. Yeah. Well, I, he's think a guy. I think he's more than a guy. He's mm-hmm. not Jets Geno Smith. Correct. He, Correct. he, he is a, if you're, if you're thinking, hearing the name and thinking Jets Geno Smith, that's not the guy you're going to see. Correct. The, he, he may not be a superstar quarterback. Okay. He's not a superstar quarterback. But he has made himself into a very efficient passer at this point in his career. You give him a fairly clean pocket, he can make the throw. So, and see, here's the thing, as you talked about it, what I've been seeing a lot is opponents, they're on to what we do, and they just get the ball out quick before the pass rush has a chance to get home. Mm. So... What are you expecting to see from our defense, particularly linebackers, safeties, and nickel corner like in the middle of the field? Because everybody has the same game plan against us. Get the ball out quick, hit the seams, slants, ends, stuff like that. Move your receivers around, whoever you want to give it to. Just let them work out the middle, and it's an easy play. Yeah, and that, and we're getting right into it, too. I mean, I said in the beginning I have opinions. They're not all good ones, but I have them because – and last year, John, you know, this last year, I was highly critical of Jonathan Gannon. I didn't like mm-hmm. what he did schematically from start to finish. I didn't like him two years ago when they first brought him on, mm-hmm. uh, just from a schematic standpoint. For I the record, you weren't alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, good, good, right? <clears throat> because every week you would hear, oh, well, look at this or look at that with a sack counter, this, that, and the third. And I would always say, okay, just wait. It's going to come mm-hmm. back and bite them. Just wait. Um, and, I, and I hate taking that stance because I'm not, I don't want to be a negative person. I'm not trying. Like I don't want the mm. Eagles to lose. I don't want. You're just being honest about what you're seeing. I'm being objective with what I'm seeing. I don't like it now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> for for some of the things that I did like from the side in the beginning of the season, I'm kind of willing to let it play out. And there's some things I like, some things I don't like. But it, you know, he, he's figuring out kind of this personnel and his space on the team. Mm-hmm. I can say it with virtual, just almost flat confidence. Now I don't want to say he's trash. Right, because he's a, he's a defensive coordinator in the NFL, so you're not trash. Mm-hmm. And I think let, let's yeah. put that that subjective opinion aside. But he's not good. He's mm-hmm. not good, and it's not as simple as saying because he doesn't have linebackers or because maybe his DBs have lost a step. I get it. They're they're a little slower than they used to be. But you've got a former All Pro safety. You've mm-hmm. got a, a Pro Bowl candidate safety in 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 the pairing. Right. Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. two former All Pros on the outside. And again, I'm not mm-hmm. telling you that they are still all pros they're not but they're, they're veterans they've got experience uh and that counts for something you've got one of the better defensive lines 
in the NFL, and you have a subpar linebacker group. Look around the NFL. There are defenses from a roster perspective that can't hold a candle to what the Eagles can trot out on the field. Again, I'm not telling you that they have the best roster on the mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball, but they have enough to be mm-hmm. confident and competitive with some good coaching. Schematically, mm-hmm. if you look what the side does, constantly allows guys like Dak and Purdy and quarterback to take advantages of matchups that are able to be read pre-snap. There's no disguise. There's nothing exotic. There's mm-hmm. no every, A high school quarterback knows what defense Desai is lining up in pre-snap, and we expect these NFL quarterbacks not to be able to pick this team apart, and he does it routinely. How many times do we have to see somebody pick on Eli Ricks? Last week, mm-hmm. he thought it was a good idea to let you know, a good idea to let Keely Ringo in the game to get picked on a little bit. And, and I and I get it. Obviously, losing a guy like Maddox, and they've kind of had to work in and out of the of the slot position mm-hmm. to try to figure up that matchup. I, like I understand all that stuff, but Shane Hath actually did a a breakdown today that I saw that just it highlighted just some of the absolute nonsense that that's happening from a matchup perspective, from a schematic perspective, where mm-hmm. you take guys that you know what they're good at. Kevin mm-hmm. Byers, he's a tight end cancellation. Like, all right, that's my guy, right? But that he's blitzing Shaq Leonard. Who are you blitzing Shaq Leonard for? That's the guy <laughs> that you want in space. That's the guy that we talk about with length. That's the guy mm-hmm. that's going to help us from some from some perspective, sideline to sideline, from a coverage perspective. That's the guy that Nick guy, said. That's the guy. Uh, I'm glad you said that, because that's the guy Nick Sirianni in the press conference talked about and compared to playing like temple's matchup zone mm-hmm. like what he could do in the middle of the field bro bro and then we he got, we got but he's not nolan playing smith. him in the middle of the field yeah, yeah and then you got nolan smith dropping back in coverage the hell you got nolan smith dropping back in? so <laughs> and i i'm already getting heated about it right? mm-hmm. because it's, it's not it's not like it's one game and it's not like it's okay they exploited this matchup it, it's that it's happening routinely, and you can mm-hmm. get away with it a handful mm-hmm. of times. But when you're going against San Francisco, when you're going against Dallas, we're going to find out what they do against Seattle. When you get to these NFC matchups that you're going to find in the postseason because we all have Super Bowl aspirations, mm-hmm. you can't do that. that can't, that's got to be something you get course corrected. And, and unfortunately for me, it's week 14. You yeah. are who you are. You don't, you don't just snap your fingers and then everything changes. There is no mm-hmm. – like, magic switch they're going to flip at some point his defense is his defense his personnel is his personnel i don't know that it's going to change and i'm telling you i don't like it no i i hear you and i believe the observations that you're making are you you hear it from a lot of people um and you're hearing it more now that they're riding this two-game uh losing streak and with this adversity with the struggle that this team has had over the last couple of weeks. Now you're starting to see what might look like some cracks in the armor. Now you're starting to hear those, uh, those unidentified sources talking to the media. And we've heard, we've heard words like, uh, predictable, predictable. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, that's the one you heard for sure. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you're going there because that's where I wanted to go next. Because the offense hasn't been playing at the highest level either. We, you know, we can, we can talk about the defense all day. There's plenty to talk, but the offense, even more so than the defense, like we talked about the defense, what they can put on the field. A lot of teams would love to have that. The offense can what they could put on the field should be able to match what anybody in the league puts in the field 
does. Like anybody. Jonesy, you're right. It does. But right? I mean, you have. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But see, well, here's the thing. Like when I'm watching them play, I see. All right. Here, here, I can't believe I'm going here, but this is this is where I'm gonna go. Go ahead, say it. Do you do you remember post injury Carson Wentz? Oh boy, where it seemed like he was always looking for the hero play, mm. like he was playing hero football. Yeah, I kind of get that feeling from this offense. Wait, so we looked at Debo Samuel just getting the quick slant and run. A.J. Brown can do that all day. He's just as physical of wide receiver. Mm-hmm. He can break tackles make and stretch the short route into a long one. That's what he does. Devontae Smith is a technician on his routes. You give him five to ten yard route tree stuff, he'll be open all day. But it seems like we're just looking for the 40, 50 yard throw downfield. So here's where... This is this is a tough this is a tougher conversation than the other side of the ball. I think the other side mm-hmm. of the ball is cut and dry. When you get on offense, mm-hmm. I look at it. I say, mm-hmm. initially, I was saying you're right. Offensive line, you can say they're a top five offensive line in the NFL by name. I'm not talking about how they're playing right now. We're mm-hmm. saying traditionally, we know that line is a top five offensive line. But even with we how know- they're playing right now, like against San Francisco, Jalen Hurts had three point seven seconds per drop. Yeah, all day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and, and you saw he had all day, right? And nobody was coming over. So you say A.J. Brown runs that slant, and yes, he does. And you're saying Devontae Smith is a tactician with his route tree. Yes, he is. But everything is so long. Every route that Brian Johnson's put, it's so downfield, long developing. I don't mm-hmm. – that's where I get – so this is where I start to get a little twisted with Jalen and and trying to figure out how much of this is Sirianni's offense being called by Brian Johnson, how much of this is Jalen Hurts playing hero ball, or how much mm. of this is just a combination that just makes for a bad offense because where – where you want Jalen to get rid of that ball, if everything's downfield, he's sitting back. We're all at home sitting here saying, get rid of it. Yep. Get rid of it. Right? But then when you get that other look, is it, well, where? Where's he going? Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. tell you why they're not getting A.J. Brown or some more underneath. No, they, nobody's ever run in the middle of the field. Now, obviously, Dallas Goddard being out had kind of affected that over the last few games. Didn't make too much of a difference last week. Um, but I, I'll say that I think it's a combination. I don't think that Brian Johnson's been great. I don't think Brian Johnson has been as bad as maybe some have said. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, if you look against Dallas, they moved the ball. They did. Obviously, three turnovers inside Dallas' territory is going to kill you. I don't care who you are, right? You have Jalen mm-hmm. turn the ball over, Devontae Smith turn the ball over, A.J. Brown turn the ball over, and those are all on, in theory anyway, scoring drives, which could have made that game a hell of a lot different. Maybe the three of us are sitting here saying something different about that offense. Mm-hmm. The potential's there. I, I just legitimately question – why they don't set themselves up on first down running the football. Something they did last year all the time, right? Set yourself up for success. And I was just about to go there next. Right? And, and I'm not – I don't know – I'm not telling you that the Swift has to be a, a 20, 25. That's not him. We know that. That's not him. But set yourself up for success by running the football. Get them see, out of two high safety looks. They don't do it. Now, see, here was the advantage that I believe Shane Steichen had. The first year here as the O coordinator with, with Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' first year as the starter. What Shane Steichen had was a team that was losing games early. So they had to make an adjustment. They were forced to make an adjustment. Because if you watched early, 
they were trying to put the ball in Hurts' hands as a drop-back passer, and it wasn't working. So what they learned was whatever you want to call it, RPO, RPR, whatever you're calling it, this run-action offense that the Eagles use only becomes functional when the actual threat of the running the ball with running backs is in the defense's mind. You have to have some direct handoffs to the running back to keep that in the defense's mind to keep them honest. If the defense knows I can just wait for Jalen Hurts to keep it because they're looking to throw the ball, that's what's going to happen. Steichen made a deliberate adjustment where they started running the ball more and that made the offense go. (laughs) Even as Hurts developed as a passer, Everyone, like, def- you have one of the best run-blocking offensive lines. You have some literal giants on the left side. The same way that McCaffrey got behind Trent Williams and went, you can get behind Mayalata and Dickerson and go. Those two guys will give you space. Shane Steichen figured that out after losing a bunch of games in the first half of his first year with Hurts as a starter. It, it truly seems like the Eagles' offense has slowly transitioned. It has, has transitioned from the run setting up the pass to the pass setting up the run, mm-hmm. and it's happening too slow, and it's becoming too frust- too frustrating. You're watching it now, and you just want to see them start establish the run early. And I feel like they're throwing out now little token runs just to get back to the pass so they can say, hey, we mm-hmm. tried to run. It wasn't successful early, so we had to go. We had to start opening things up. And it's like, no, that's that's not how it works. You need to get out here and start pounding this rock early. Mm-hmm. Run on first and second down. Run on first, second, and maybe third down too. And Jason, like you said, DeAndre Swift might not be the 20 to 25 carry back that you want him to be, mm-hmm. but you can still get him. You can still get him involved early. And then maybe, just maybe, you can see this, this wide variety of running backs they wanted you to believe in earlier in the year. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you can see more Boston Scott. Maybe you can see more uh more Kenny Gainwell. But at some point in time, we need to get back to this run establishing the pass. And, and that's what's frustrating about this offense to me. There's there's so much going on within this topic. There's literally so many branches and tangents we can go on with this topic alone because I think a couple things you're saying. First of all, I don't want token runs, as you said. Mm-hmm. It's not about – I don't – like, and I get it, right? Sometimes you have to have token runs to keep a defense, defense right. honest. But when we're trying to establish a run – they can't be token runs. Okay, it's second, first and ten, incomplete pass. Second and ten, inside zone. Just uh, now, it's third and nine. Oh, you're in third mm-hmm. and long, right? Right. So I don't want I don't want token runs, but I do want to establish the run because that's what this line does. They're a physical, nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're a threatening offensive line. They want to explode off the ball. You want to get that mindset of we are going to pound the rock today. They don't do that. You're right. They throw mm-hmm. to set up the run. I want to give them a little breath. Because it's, I think we get so focused on Philadelphia football, rightfully mm-hmm. so, um, and that they don't run the football enough. It's the entire league. 
the entire league and, has become a, that pass first league. And that's I mean, the, I agree with it. And that's but, the but, distinction I do want to make, though, because I'm not saying that you have to be so run heavy where you're like 1970s football yeah, where you're yeah. 60 40 to the that I don't need mm-hmm. not saying I'm just saying like you have to run effectively early correct correct and that puts a t- sets a tone for the game mm-hmm. where now that all that all those run actions were turned into QB keepers or a play action throw down the field those become effective when the threat of the actual running back taking the ball is something the running the defense has to respect and you know why we say that, Jonesy? You know why we say that? Because we saw it last year. It's the same right. roster. Mm-hmm. It works. It took you to the Super Bowl. Why? I don't understand why this team has the weapons they have, and then they try to get cute. And I'll even give you a spinoff of that in using the passing game as a form of the running game. Mm-hmm. So you can effectively use the screen game to some degree, the slant. You can use mm-hmm. different route trees as an extension of the run game. A lot of coaches and offensive coordinators do that. But to your point earlier, that route tree doesn't seem to exist. For them, everything seems downfield, long developing. He's got the time, but nobody open. Uh, obviously, Jalen's knee, well, I don't know what that is, but I think that's a big impediment on their run game is defense is not keying in um, mm-hmm. on the aspect that he'll tuck and run. Mm-hmm. So there's just so many, so many variables and tangents that we can, and branches we can go off into why the offense is, is as AJ Brown said, stale um, and predictable. But it, but it is, and it's, and on that side of the ball, it's a problem too. It, I, I'm at a point where I'm, I'm frustrated <laughs> because it's like I, I talked about token runs. Yeah. How many mm-hmm. straight games did you see an Eagles first? possession three straight passes mm-hmm. you're looking at the second possession the uh second possession maybe even the third when they finally run the ball then you look at the dallas game first play of the game they get a ball to deandre swift when does swift see the ball again how many more plays before swift, you know you go back to that one that's it to me that that's a token run and then you're, you're sitting here and you get blown out by dallas after you get blown out by uh, the 49 Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, offense, the doesn't of- even sc- offense doesn't even score a t- uh, touchdown. And now you got some somebody in, in the organization but, talking about this offense is predictable. But see, here's the thing, JB. Mm-hmm. Running the ball in the NFL is really a matter of will. Mm-hmm. Because there are going to be plays where you, you lose a yard or two where you only get one, two yards. Mm-hmm. You might get four or five this one. Oh, that one went for eight. Oh, now nah, we went for one on this one. It's not like you're getting consistent chunk yards. You have to have the will to keep doing it. Yep. And the no, defense has to know that you have to have that will to keep doing it. And you know what it does, Jonesy, too? You're right. It's will. You're also – from an offensive, from a design perspective, you're stacking plays, you're stacking looks. And so what mm-hmm. may only get you one yard or two yards, what are you? what is the play off of that play? What are you setting up for future, mm-hmm. you know, future looks, future play? And, and I think they've gotten so caught in this malaise of every play has to be the play. Again, mm-hmm. this is just outside looking in, right? We don't know what's really going on in the huddle. We don't really know what's being discussed uh, in the building. But I, I also look at that and I, I'll double down to say, even if you're not necessarily having all the success in the world, you've got to control the clock. 
yes. with the way that defense can't keep a body out of the end zone, you better control the clock a little bit. You better give them a little You know what I mean? So if if you're telling me that we just we got just got done talking about the side, right? And how flawed mm-hmm. that they are. And now we're talking about the offense and some of their their challenges. The offense isn't helping the defense, and the defense isn't helping the offense, and that just equates to a massive problem. So at least offensively, when we're talking about things that they could do, run the ball, own a little bit of that clock, try mm-hmm. to work out some drives. And, and to, mm-hmm. to your point, establish the will. That's something they don't have right now. And that's atypical of this unit, of this roster. I'm, I'm surprised, mm-hmm. legitimately surprised at what I'm seeing from not only the staff, but, but the players themselves. Yeah, and since about I, halfway through Hurts' first year as a starter, something switched and they figured it out. They established that will to run, and I'm not seeing it this year. Mm-hmm. No, and and I think honestly, not you know, not to just keep on beating this point, but it's like I I feel like this is something that that could go towards stabilizing this locker room. We talk about how this is the second straight week I've heard people talk about how tired the defense looked in a game, mm-hmm. and and time of possession you, for the offense helped that, yeah. A, a long drive f- filled with runs keeps mm-hmm. them off the field. That's maybe the easiest way to get a time of possession. Exactly. You know, maybe if if Brock Purdy is somebody that you believe in, how about this? Keep him off the field. If mm-hmm. Dak Prescott is as good as people say he is, how about this? Keep him off the field. So we could start on Monday by whoever's starting at quarterback at this point for Seattle, whether it's Geno, uh, Geno or Lott, keep him off the field. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's not even – here's where I'm struggling in my head, my, my brain. <laughs> as I'm listening to you, my, my mind is racing because I said for, for the San Francisco game, mm-hmm. I was confident going into that game when a lot of us weren't. And the reason, the only reason I was – was because what I had seen from this team over the last two years is they get up for those big games. It is very mm-hmm. rare yes, that this yeah. team goes into a primetime marquee matchup and just comes up short. And they did that. And they surprised me against San Fran. So mm-hmm. I said, you know what? No, nah, okay. I've seen too much. This team doesn't lose two games in a row. <laughs> Again, last week was an aberration. They show up in primetime games. Even if they were going to lose to Dallas, this team's mm-hmm. going to show up. Yeah. Well, they didn't show up against Dallas. So where my head's going right now is I'm saying, all right, it's a primetime matchup. This is a flagship game for the Eagles. This is a statement game for the Eagles. And, and it's going to be a real You're big talking about Monday. You're talking about Monday, Monday night football. Yeah, Monday night. This is going to be a real big game in terms of which way is this season going. They haven't lost three straight games with Sirianni uh, dating back to his first year. The first, mm-hmm. first, the first, first year. The first, yeah, the first, first half two, of that year. First yeah, half. right. I want to say it was like the first five games, something mm-hmm. like that. Because right? they went on a roll and won, won out and made the playoffs late with right. a late push. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, so, so I look at that, Jonesy, and I'm saying, nah, they're going to show up. Like, that. there's no way. There's no way that this team is has is a complete facade of who they used to. Like, no way. But I've, I've got two weeks of, of being shown the other side of the door, of being shown, mm-hmm. yeah, they are that team. So I'm look, I'm nervous. I'll be 100% honest with you. I don't have the confidence that I think some people have in this game. But if they go out and they show me that okay, we figure some things out, we kind of right back at it. You right a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be yeah. back in. 
Look, there's no rules. There's there's truly no rules to the bandwagon, man. You know, you can get off and get back on. Oh, you boy. can be Not down. On, no, 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 whatever, man. No, people say people say that all the time. Yeah, no, well, whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but but people people do it. Like you know, I've, like okay. For example, I've consistently keep telling you I'm out on the Sixers this year. Yeah, you're but I'm still, but I'm not you, off. No, I'm not. I'm not. I still watch yeah. every game. Yeah. I still get mad and talk about them and everything else. It's yeah. just something I say. Okay. It, it's it's a cathartic thing I say to myself because I'm mad yeah. at past failure. But yeah. I know I'm not really out. So you're not. You're you're not out. I'm you're still watching out. every okay. game. Right. I know well, what happens. I know the numbers. I'm in. But oh, that's that's the I've always been. That's the difference. So if, 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 if that is the case, if, right? If, I, well, I'm not really out. You're just but, being objective. You you can be you can be on the on the bandwagon the whole time. That's your squad. That's who you roll with. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you can sit back, like in the Eagles case, I can sit back and say, "That's my team. Like that's my yeah. squad, and I roll with them no matter what." But that doesn't. I'm not going to close my eyes and act like I see or I don't. Well, for see me, what I see. for me, being off the right. Being off the bandwagon for me is not denouncing the team. Like if I say I'm off, you know, I'm not like okay now I need to find me a new football. You ain't got old no, yeah, yeah. You just reached the point where you don't now. think they're a championship team. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah. But okay. but to me, but but like I said, I was I reserved right to get right back on. You know, it's like hey, it, it is what it is. It's been my team my whole life. Ain't nobody gonna tell me I'm an, I can't be a fan again. You know, and, and I, we've seen all right, that. I, I'm with you. I would just be careful where I, how I phrase that because if a Philly okay. fan hears you say you're off the bandwagon, you might be in trouble. I mean, whatever, yeah. man. Look, look, man. We've we've done this. You know how we, we are around here. That is true. And you and you know what we do? We argue mm-hmm. and we and we debate. And I'll debate my way right back on the bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> and, and not think anything of it. You, but I I will I will say this, and, and to Jason's point about you know, being worried. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm looking, I'm just looking at the narratives. I'm looking at the storylines going into this week. And Jonesy, you and I always talk about the get right, the opportunities for some get right. And that's what Monday could be. However, what worries me about the narratives and the storylines of the week is, is that as you start to see the, 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 the leaks of stories, this really bothered me this week. And it's bothered me like it, it, it bothers me in a way it hasn't before. Because we've been down this road. You remember towards the end of uh Carson Wentz when people were talking people were throwing out their uh their you know their their off the record quotes mm-hmm. to different reporters. And I was somebody who downplayed it. Because oh, no, that me, locker room was falling apart. You could tell. The lock, yeah, the locker room was falling apart. And I, I admit that initially I didn't put a lot of stock into it. Because what bothered me was not just that what was being said, but it was like who it was being said to. Because you're hearing these things about Carson. You're hearing these comments, these off-the-record comments. And to me, it was like, wait a minute. So you're telling me somebody in this locker room has an issue with Carson Wentz and they're going to Josina Anderson? I mean, once all the information came out, though. Yeah, well, but, 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 to, but to me, the, the point that I was making was, all right, there, there are local guys in this area. There are local beat writers, people who know this team, who mm-hmm. know these players, and you're walking past them to give an exclusive to the national reporter who doesn't live in this city. Mm-hmm. 
And that, so to me, I didn't put a lot of stock in that. I'm like, all right, maybe that's not a veteran in the locker room. That's maybe one of the new guys. You know, I, I, I don't know who that is. I'm not quite sure how, you know, I, I don't know how true that is. But now I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this. I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Somebody's out here talking to D-Gun. Mm-hmm. D-Gun's been in this city. The veterans, that makes me think, okay, maybe it's a veteran. Maybe it's somebody who's been in this locker room who knows this team. So if they're talking about this offense is predictable, if they're talking about the issues and they're talking to and they're talking to someone who's been there, you know, and and, and right or wrong, fair or foul, you know, D Gun has always been a straight shooter. Well, I, I don't know. I guess I see that a little differently. If it's a journalist <laughs> that I think is re- reputable, like I I have no reason to distrust Josina Anderson's <laughs> reporting. Uh-huh. So when when she reported the things that she did back when the Wentz days, I believed it. I I probably put more stock into it than you did. Mm-hmm. I pro my first thought would be that it was like a player who established the relationship with her before they got to Philly, because Philly media is its own thing. Yeah. But you go to other cities, if you a lot of these players if they want to be heard they have to go to a national person to be heard because a little local sports talk people, sports media is not as strong as presence as it is in like a city like Philly or a Boston or even a New York. But if you know, you're in Chicago and I lived in the Midwest for a while, they love their teams, but it it's way more likely that you'll have a relationship with a national porter, reporter or Joe Cena, a Schefter or somebody. Mm-hmm. So my that was my first thought with that. Like, but with this now, and I hear D Gun, it's really just like I trust D Gun. And but what I'm hearing, it's not like I'm hearing guys bash hurts the way they wear out on like Wentz was losing them. It really feels more like the coaching is losing them. Now, mm-hmm. here's where that gets a little dicey for me. You guys, I'm, I'm going to say this. I want to hear what you think. If the coaching is what's making them un, uncomfortable, let's call it, the play calling, play design, how, all of that, at what point does the coach's relationship with Jalen Hurts being a factor in his hire start to rub people the wrong way? Like they got this guy for you instead of getting the best guy for the job. Well, I mean, that's an interesting point. Um, I I think it would come into play. I think it's a conversation. It would create a little friction. I think there's, mm-hmm. there's natural dots you can connect there. Personally, I don't think it's as big of a deal, as big of a story, um, because I think if we look at it just in human, human terms, right? Now, and let mm-hmm. me preface this whole thing. I'm really big on keeping it in the building, yeah. right? I'm just, I Like, I get it. I, I get it, but I, I would prefer all that stuff be kept in the building. Mm-hmm. When you when you read, you you mentioned this, Josie, Josie. When you heard it, where you read what was said. Did anybody do this, or do we all go? Yeah, he's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We all we all see the same thing. Mm-hmm. So as a player, there are, and especially if, and I and I think we all kind of get a good we we all have a sense of kind of who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, look, guys, we're emotional people, 
football mm-hmm. players, athletes are emotional people. And, and I know the outside world, we want them to all turn that off when it's convenient, right? But it, it doesn't work that way. And that fire mm-hmm. sometimes, look, sometimes it could be negative and sometimes it could be a cancer and sometimes it could be detrimental to a team. We've seen that in Philadelphia with the way T.O. handled his business with McNabb mm-hmm. and, and what that led to for the team, right? Mm-hmm. In, in this case, I think the relationship that the wide receivers have with their quarterback, I think the relationship that the quarterback has with his coordinator, I think the relationship that a lot of players have with this coaching staff, Shaq Leonard just signed on here because he said he loved the culture and the coaching staff. He loved what they do inside the building. Mm-hmm. I think it's a building that can handle this. I don't think it's atypical. I don't think anything was said that was blasphemous. Again, I like it inside the building, but I don't think it's anything that is going to disrupt the locker room in real talk. Um, because I don't, I don't think there was anything that said that was untrue that we all didn't know that the coaching staff knows and probably talks about on the mm-hmm. daily inside that building. Well, definitely, I, I guess we're we're going to see. This is a good opportunity to see some coaching. From Nick Sirianni, not necessarily X's and O's, but how to bring this team together, how to fix a couple of these fractures, how how he can write this ship. Can he write this ship? Well, to be because, to, to, let me be clear though, I know I just posed that last question, but mm-hmm. I don't personally feel like this team is at a point where the locker room is about to fall apart and it's no, the panic, no, pa- no. panic button time or anything like that. I, you know, I just wanted to get a little perspective on the situation. No, so I'm not suggesting that we're, we're, we're on the ground point. level with this. I think we're on the ground. Like, like, no, no, we're not at panic, but this is not because we're, this is still a 10 and three team. Mm. You know, right. <laughs> there's, there, there's some context to this, I, but I, I think this is the Are first the time truth? we're hearing these things. No, and so there you go. I was just going to say that. It's the first time we're hearing those things. And you want to know why? Because our quarterback is stoic. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't give mm-hmm. you any of that yeah. like bulletin board outside of like a sexy quote here and there. But he doesn't give you that bulletin board uh, emotional responses that will make those headlines that people could talk about. And you got a receiver in Devontae Smith that doesn't say a word. Like So that's why people criticize Sirianni as much as they do because he's that emotional when he's on the sideline yeah. and he's getting mm-hmm. hype and he's getting involved like as if he's a player. Because mm-hmm. so many of the leaders on this team are stoic, mm-hmm. right? They're those Bama guys that just kind of that bring your lunch Next pail, play. Collar, Next play. Work, right? yep. Yeah, yeah. And not everybody is that way. Mm-hmm. So I think Sirianni kind of gets in his bag a little bit because other guys get motivated in different ways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's an emotional hype. So I think part of the reason uh, that, I'm, that I'm alluding to is I think the part of the reason we're talking about this is because it's the first time somebody actually said something. Right? Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of grabbing it like, oh, look, drama. It's not mm-hmm. drama. It's just a wide receiver saying, hey, I'm assuming it's a wide receiver. We got to – It's usually a wide receiver. It. It's usually – there they are, a little, little diva-ish. Did they bring Alshon Jeffrey it. back? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? But, I mean, look, hey, we got a problem. We've seen it from week to week. Look, all these quarterbacks are, are – look what they're doing. Look at the route trees. Ours are clearly not. Everybody at home knows it. Everybody in the building knows it. That's not drama. That's just being objective. I don't have a problem with it. Let me uh, let me circle back to something with an observation you just made about Jalen Hurts. You know, and he is he is he is stoic. He's very much next play. Hey, I am in control. Hey, you know, even keel all the way through. Do you believe 
that he needs to show a little bit more emotion. I've heard that now a couple of times from people talking to me, saying, hey, they've been down, and you look at Jalen Hurts, and he looks the same way whether they're winning or they're losing. He's sitting on the sideline, not necessarily smiling, not necessarily frowning, just he, he's just there. And they're saying, hey, they, w- they would like to see more Jalen Hurts, you know, getting pumped up, trying to get the guys ready. Does that matter to you, either of you, or do you do you feel like he needs to show a little more emotion? Me? No, I don't, because that's not who Jalen Hurts is. I don't need I don't need Jalen Hurts to be somebody that he's not, so that I at home can evaluate and judge yeah. whether he cares about what he's doing or not. I can say that whatever we see on the outside, that ain't Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is showing us who he wants us to see outside, who he is inside that building, and the relationships and the motivator that he is inside that locker room. Because we've seen him mic'd up. And when you see him mic'd up, that's a different dude, right? The way that he communicates to his guys, it's a different way. I'll also go as far to say is we've seen guys be emotional, right? And we have something to say about it when they're emotional. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, you can't be that. So Mm -hmm. it's it's just very convenient to say you have to be emotional because they've lost two games in a row. And now, okay, well, we have to change something he's doing. When the reality is the reason he's stoic and the reason he's next play is because I ain't getting up with the highs. I ain't getting down with the lows. I am gonna get this two this two game win streak or lose losing streak means nothing. It means nothing. It's a blip in the radar. We're gonna keep it moving. I don't need them to mm-hmm. change that, especially not now. All right, I hear you. Well, then let's just do it. No, no, I hear you, Jonesy. What do you what do you think? Generally speaking, I love it. Mm-hmm. I think you, you love that he does not show the, like being even keeled, okay. not being like an emotional roller coaster. I love. Like uh, the steady. Mm-hmm. That being said, because I'm generally like I'm as an athlete as live, I'm generally like that as well. Yeah, yeah. But I'm the only I, person that could piss you off. I understand it. Yes, it's that's a hard. It's really a hard thing to do. It's not that. But hard that no. you've had years of practice. That's different. <laughs> but generally speaking, but. I do think there are some situations, not a lot, where I'd like to see him get into a guy a little bit and not necessarily lose his cool, but light. some guys need that fire lit under him. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody on his team is going to be that same even-keeled dude. And... Quarterback's the leader of the team. Like the responsibility or not, you're the leader of the team. So there are some situations where I'd like to be able to see him get that fire into the guy who needs it. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's a Tom Brady. I'm going to go to the GOAT. You never saw him get too low. You never really saw him get too excited or too high but you would see him get fiery. You would see anger in him sometimes. Mm-hmm. That was the one emotion he'd show you. Wouldn't see, you wouldn't see too much joy or excitement, not too much sad. You'd see it, but you'd see him light a fire on some, mm-hmm. under somebody when it when needed that. I'm back from jail and sometimes. I don't know what he's saying in the locker room. I don't know what's going on. 
ends up. But sometimes, I'm you light a fire under a guy. Yeah, and I think, so I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying. I do want my quote-unquote leader, uh, my quarterback who usually is that leader, to mm-hmm. light a fire when necessary. And again, I don't know. There could be times that he's doing it, and maybe he's just, maybe he does it in a different way. He knows his yeah. guys. Right. 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 I I, so I don't, reason, that's a, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Right. I think the reason I like it personally, that he's stoic is because that's, I mean, you mentioned you're stoic. I'm not right. As a competitor, <laughs> I am more, I'm more emotional. Right. So, and that mm-hmm. has, that has the positive side of it is very fiery. And I lead by, by my play. Right. And I try to get people hyped, but it's also got the downside of it where I well, that could take a turn. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you can get to, you know, doing this Mm -hmm. a little bit and your emotions get the best of you. And that's not Mm -hmm. a way to lead either. If anything, that could be detrimental to a team. So I always look at at Jalen Hurts when the game doesn't go his way and he's still even keel and comes out next play, next play, next play. And you never see him. You never see him flinch. I respect that. I envy that because because I don't have that. I think a lot of guys on the team who may be emotional, need a guy like that mm. to keep mm-hmm. them in line, to keep them moving it forward. And if anything, they believe that that's the way it's got. And, and look, it's worked. <laughs> Outside of two games, it's worked. Absolutely. So it, it, far be it for me to even say he needs to change a darn thing. I think, if anything, the coaches need to change some things. They should change some things that they do, and then maybe mm-hmm. we'll see the play on the field be a little different as well. So at this point right now, you do believe that the cho- the coaches need to change some things. We don't need to change coaches. Uh, no, I didn't say that. What what coach are you talking about? Either, either or. We don't need to change yeah. the head coach. I'll say that. Correct. Correct. Okay. Correct. But I'm telling you right now. I'll stop there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's for both sides of the ball. Right. I'm less. I, I, I am less. Go ahead. No, I'll say I didn't vouch for any of the coordinators. I'm mm-hmm. I'm cool with the head coach. Correct. I am higher. <laughs> the bar ain't that high. Mm-hmm. I am higher on Brian Johnson than I am Desai. I'm, you and I know they're not going to do you it this week mm-hmm. fourteen, but you can show Desai the door today, and I'd say okay. Like, mm-hmm. what is, it, is it going to get worse? Honestly, is it going to get worse? They're letting up touchdowns damn near every drive. They're constantly mm-hmm. in bad positions. They're not exotic at all they show exactly what they want to do they show their hand every mm. snap what else are you going to do now i know they're not going to they're not going to move the side i get that and maybe he changes some things mm-hmm. look maybe things are different i don't know but I, I would absolutely agree that they need to take a cold long like long hard look in the mirror mm. because I, i'm not sold on either coordinator on either side of the ball well real now, quick I will, say, oh, okay. I will say real quick i would say this like you said is nothing's going to happen this point in the year Right. I would not be mad if Frank Wright was my OC next year because that offense they ran with Carson oh, with, with Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. I, oh, I, I'm gonna do it. JB yeah, will tell you, it. I'm gonna do it. it. <laughs> because like what I was talking about, what Steichen had to learn with the will to run and all that. Yeah. Frank Wright went through the same thing with that run action offense they ran with Wentz and then the RPO stuff with Foles. It was the same offense. And when they had Blunt and Ajayi won the Super Bowl, they had the best rushing attack in the league. He understood about having the will to the will to run the ball in that offense. He knows you need for that particular offense, you gotta run the ball. When the Ravens were doing it, they had to run the ball. So yeah, I wouldn't be mad if Frank Wright was my OC next year. 
so and I'm, I'm not telling you I'd be mad, right? I, I hear that though. I hear that's the convenient, um, or I guess the, the sexy topic in Philadelphia. A lot of people are talking about, well, Frank Reich, well, Frank Reich's available, right? Day 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would just, my counter to that would be when Frank Reich got the head coaching job, then everybody said, ah, Frank Reich, he was the key, he was the keys to the car in Philadelphia, right? That's, he was the one really running the offense. And Doug Peterson goes and turns around Jacksonville. So we look at it and we said, oh, well, maybe Doug did have something to do with that. All the meanwhile, Frank Wright gets fired in Indy after one year. And then Frank mm-hmm. Wright goes to um, Carolina. Carolina, Carolina, right? And mm-hmm. the Eagles bring on Nick Sirianni. And we say, oh, no, 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 no. Nick Sirianni, that was the brains. That was an indie. It wasn't Frank Reich. It was yeah. Let's get that Nick Sirianni guy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then Frank Reich goes to Carolina, and they fire and him just fired. after a year as well. So it's like I, I get it, and I do. And like he got Deuce fired too, man. You know, what uh, I can't and exactly. Josh McCown. Exactly, and Josh McCown. The whole t- the whole staff. <laughs> All Josh McCown did was come off a high school field and try <laughs> right. try to win a playoff game with with well, us almost did. without a hamstring. Without a hamstring. Yeah. I, so, I will so say, I get the Frank Reich love, I do, but I just look at it and say, look, I mean, he's got his own wards, you know, and, and a couple teams have seen it. Absolutely. I feel like right or right or wrong, it seems like the makeup of this team and the makeup of this staff has always been like these younger guys, these younger up-and-coming uh, mm-hmm. uh, coordinators. Yes, you know, they'll – as we, we see, once they had a little bit of success, they went out and became head coaches. But it looks like that's kind of been the makeup of this team. I am not opposed to bringing Frank Reich back into this organization, but I would rather see Frank Reich as like a senior offensive advisor. All you right, JB, you talk about working over Johnson. But you talk about younger coordinators. Who would you say in your, let's say, last 20, 25 years? Two best defensive coordinators the Eagles have had. The last 20 years? Last 20, 25 years. Name the two best defensive coordinators the Eagles have had. Well, Jim, Jim Johnson. Johnson uh-huh. Dermot. And probably maybe Dermot. Well, no, well, or Jim Schwartz. I was yeah. I was thinking Schwartz. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you could I mean, you could go McDermott. You could go McDermott. Well, no, no, because they were ready Schwartz? to run they, they're ready the to run they were ready to run McDermott out, out of town. But the no, reason, the reason run, I brought it up, ready to run Brian Johnson and Sean, Sean Desai. Yeah, they're ready to run everybody out of town. But the reason I bring it up because you talk about the the most success you had was with veteran coach, veteran coordinators. No, it I, wasn't I the young guys. But I understand. But I think also in also in that those were two different coachings. You know that you know you, you had big A different styles, different. Yeah, but, I, but I just think I just think the the Siri the Sirianni philosophy seems to be these young guys i i get it but mm-hmm. these young guys are getting progressively worse like mm-hmm. we were mad at gannon every game well, well, and well, then now yeah. we got to thigh but let's 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 talk about gannon now granny look we spent a lot of time criticizing yeah. gannon but one point that you had made early in while he was here was you felt like there needed to be more of a personnel switch he got his personnel. Yeah, no, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, do you think is that the case with the side? Do you feel like there needs to be like the side not, need not something? not in the same way that Gannon needed personnel his first year. The okay. Gannon's first year here, this team was lacking a second corner. 
It was lacking a couple linebackers. You, I don't know who your safeties were at that point because Malcolm Jenkins had just left and you, you were working with whatever. Like, uh, so Cardion LeBlanc and uh, so like right like so Gannon needed personnel after his first year here. Mm-hmm. Sean Desai came into a lot of personnel that played in the Super Bowl last year. Okay, and a couple first round picks, and so it's not the same situation okay. at no. all. What he has out there, not saying you should have the best defense in the league, mm-hmm. but you should have a functional defense. You shouldn't be 28th or worst in as many categories as you are. Correct. Correct. And, and I'm telling you, it's not – I agree with you, Jones. It's not a personnel issue. When you have Eli Ricks constantly getting put in a blender by C.D. Lamb and you refuse to move to rotate any of your coverage over, and mm-hmm. you do it, on, it routinely. And we already mentioned, you know, what they were doing with, with Byard and, and Sidney Jones, uh, putting dropping Nolan Smith back in coverage damn near 23% of the time. It's, and it's blitzing Shaq Leonard. And right, it's just decisions like they will run cover zero, right? But they do it in such an awkward way that's so predictable and so um it creates such a mismatch for them. Mm-hmm. To, like he, he you're supposed to, and we said this earlier, you're supposed to put your defense in an advantageous position, create leverage for your side of the ball. He's purposely now I'm not saying he's going into it saying this. But what's effectively happening is he's gifting the offense the leverage mm-hmm. each and every time, and he doesn't change it. In fact, he doubles down on it, play in, play out, game in, game out. That's where I start to say, okay, well, like, wait a minute. This is this dude's scheme. Like, this is the, this is the defense this guy runs. It's not going to be mm-hmm. successful in the NFL. It's not going to be. We're, we're we're watching it currently. It's not successful. I just don't know how you continue. I really don't know how anybody in that building is looking at him and, and watching the tape and saying, that was a good decision because it's not. And they get burned for it week in and week out. They just got lucky a couple times against – they mm-hmm. were able to ride the backs of Jalen Hurts in the offense against KC and against Buffalo and, and pull some so, games out. So, so I will ahead. say this, though, JB, to your question. Mm-hmm. For decide to keep calling a defense as bland as he's calling – Yes, he does need better personnel because you need all pros at every position. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Understood. Understood. To, to be out there with no disguise, no anything, you need all pros at every position that are going to win their matchup every time. Right, so we just... I want to point something out. I want to point uh-huh. something out. We go. I want to point something out, but we keep talking about the Nolan Smith dropping back in coverage. Who's the best player on their defensive line? Who, who, had, who has played the best? On the defensive line, on the uh, defensive line, one of the DTs. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. I was about to say it's probably Jalen Carter or Fletcher, but mm-hmm. Fletcher's right. had some good stretches. But yeah, it's, it's probably it's, one of yeah, the, that's I, one, one two. and two. Right. Yeah, that's one and two. But statistically, it is Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. And part of what Shane Half was showing today was, and, and what you want to do is you want to create mismatches for your best player. You want to give him a chance mm-hmm. to get after that quarterback, create those one-on-one matchups. And your boy decide literally devised the defense that the only possible outcome was for your best player to get double teamed and the other one-on-one matchups were elsewhere. Like in what world do you devise an offense to where your best player gets the only double team possible? It's decisions like that just to make mm-hmm. me just sincerely scratch my set my head and say, what are we doing? God's honest. What are we doing? So I digress. 
Well, given all of that, we got a game on Monday that we uh, kind of need to win. <laughs> well, we're not feeling good about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so give, what do we do? What happens on Monday? Man. Monday night. I think we win. I hope we win. I think it's high scoring if we win. For, it has to be high scoring for us to win. I don't think – because I don't think our defense keeps Seattle low scoring. I don't think our defense – I don't think our defense keeps Seattle under 27. Oh, under 27 is low well, – well, I guess for this defense, yeah, under 27. The no, uh, low scoring, I'd say under 21. I don't think our Seattle keeps our de- – our defense keeps Seattle under 27. Yikes. Oh. I, look, I could be wrong, right? If Seattle scores 28, that's not good. That, I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I, would, I would tell you if Seattle – I mean, I would say the way the Eagles win the game would be more in line with like a 24-20, mm. that type of game. I, I think you're in trouble when you, you think about Monday night and the first question comes in the head is, well, who's the quarterback? If you have to ask that question – Mm-hmm. Right, the difference between Geno Smith and and Drew Locke, mm-hmm. then then you know you've got problems. And and I'm asking myself that question. Like, well, now I will, I will I I will put a slight caveat on it because if Drew Locke is the starter, that changes things. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm, I'm Geno Smith. I'm assuming that that 27 points is assuming Geno gets out there functional. Mm-hmm. If it's Drew Locke, then yeah, I think we can keep different it low scoring. scoring and win a different get type of game. Let me tell you something. This this city is not ready for the Eagles to lose on Monday to Drew Locke. No. And that's not know. and that's and that's nothing against Drew Locke. It's just that Drew Locke is Drew Locke. People no, know geez. who Geno Smith. People people know who Geno Smith is. And losing to Geno Smith isn't much better, but it's slightly better. It's better. Slightly. Hmm. Slightly. You say Geno Smith is slightly better than Drew Locke? No, I'm no, just saying I, losing to him is slight. Would, would oh, be slight, losing to losing sorry, to Geno sorry, Smith would be slightly better than losing. If we lose to no, Drew Locke, it, no, 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 no. You if disagree? You lose, yeah, I disagree. If you lose, period. I don't care if you lose to Drew Locke or if you lose to Geno Smith. If you lose, it's a problem. Yeah. People will flip their lids. Oh, absolutely. No, I yeah, three game losing streak. There'll be lids flipped regardless, but you, but. There'll be lids and the whole trash cans flip. You lose to Drew Locke. You go you go from losing to Brock Purdy, Dak Prescott to Drew Locke. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, dude. That's the festival that's just frustrates me. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're at because we're ten and three. Yes. And the Eagles are ten and three. So uh, you know, are we overacting or are we not? But there's a very real there's a very real possibility that they could Go into Seattle, whether it's Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Because again, I don't. I think it's incredibly difficult. I don't care what the Seahawks' record is. I don't care what year it is. It's incredibly difficult to travel to the West Coast mm-hmm. uh, and play in that environment. Uh, Pete Carroll does not lose to the Eagles. The Eagles do not win in Seattle. You've got mm-hmm. all that is just context and it's just semantics. It doesn't affect anything on Monday night. It doesn't affect those two teams, but the history is there. Um, and I think it's going to be a very, very cold day in Philadelphia on Tuesday morning if they come home without a win. Mm. Let that sink in. I, I, I hear you. You want to talk about playoffs, you want to talk about Super Bowl, all that goes out the window 
if they don't come mm-hmm. home with a win. I promise you that. Absolutely. All right. So let me so so let me paint let me paint a, a different scenario for your Tuesday morning. Yeah. Eagles do go out to Seattle and pull out a win. Super Bowl. <laughs> but but but, but l- l- let me couple that with yeah. the Cowboys going up to Buffalo and losing. Perfect. That's perfect. perfect. That's perfect. Then, then that's, the NFL. That's a perfect weekend. Is, it's following the script that we had basically have said all year long, and then even throughout this stretch and this gauntlet, that's following the script that we had said it would be. Look, the Eagles are going to go through that quote unquote gauntlet earlier, mm-hmm. but Dallas has to finish the season. With the same opponents that we, they got to go through Buffalo. They got to go through uh, Miami. They have like they've got their own stretch that they have to run through as well. So I think part of the confidence that Eagles fans have is the we we have an easier out. Dallas still has their road, and we all know mm-hmm. how Dallas plays in December. That's a different team. I know Dallas in September, October, November. We know that Dallas team. Mm-hmm. We also know Dallas in December. Do I December think January Dallas is different. right? Right? Do I think this is a different deck? I do. He's playing, he's playing good football right now. He's playing at the highest good. level I've seen him play in his career. A long Correct. time, yeah. Correct. But to act like Dak doesn't have anything to prove, I think is ignorant. So, mm. I mean, and, and uh, as a football fan, and, and for Dak as an individual, I hope he does. Go out to keep balling, right? But as an Eagles fan, go ahead, be Dak. Yeah. Time mm-hmm. for Dak right? to Dak. Yeah. 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 Let's, let's, let's let Dak Dak this week. Be yeah, a good. He, Look, Buffalo uh, is no easy out, man. No, Josh Allen's no, going to have something to say about this. I, I hope so. I, I absolutely hope so. Uh, so I'm looking at the clock, and I know we got to get out of here soon. All right. And so I, real, real I'm, quick. I'm, I'm, I know I said I know I said I, I see if Geno plays, they put up points and all that. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. That being said, I think this is a get-right game for our offense. And I think if Geno plays – I've got it 31-27 Eagles. If Geno doesn't play, I have it a little bit lower scoring game. 27-17 Eagles. Okay. Okay. So along those lines, then if it's a Drew Locke game, I'll go 24-20, like I said. If it's a Geno Smith game. Oh, boy. See, here's where the homer comes in. Because mm-hmm. right? I'm going to give you a homer pick. I mm-hmm. am because I the only I don't like I don't like how this game is lining up. I don't. But if I'm going to envision the Eagles winning, I think it would be like a 34-30, like a 30, mm-hmm. a 34-31 type type. I game. can see that. Right. Mm-hmm. That, that I mean that would be the only way that I could see the Eagles really coming out with W's. Don't ask me what it would be if they lose. If I like if I would yeah. put that together, I'd rather. I, I try not to think that. that thought. Yeah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> I, I think this offense plays well enough to win. No, I, I don't have caveats. I don't I don't have the I don't have a Geno score or a lock score. I just have a score. Okay. I, I think this because I think this offense comes out I I they play better than they played the last two weeks, but I, I think it's gonna be a, a, another case where it's like, all right, you know, it was better, but it wasn't necessarily good. Yeah. I have twenty six twenty. I, I think, I, I think the one offensive player that we're going to see a lot of that we're going to really appreciate will be Jake Elliott. Uh, I, I I just see you know situations where they play this offense plays well enough to win, and maybe this defense gets things together. So I got I got twenty six twenty. Okay, 
It's a get right game. I don't care how you get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, a W is a W. You need to see. You need to see the letter W go into that column. That's what you need Correct. to see. That and, and and that's what? all that matters. It, it, this is so. I, I want to say. I know we got to go. I want to say this. So each game, right? We just say just get that W. Mm-hmm. But just as important as if if it is going to be an in theory softer schedule or softer exit mm-hmm. to the regular season, this is their opportunity to get right, to work on things, to get things corrected, build a little momentum, find their gear going into the mm-hmm. postseason. The problem is if if Jake Elliott is the guy this week, or if Jake Elliott's the guy against the Giants, that means you ain't get right. You're settling for field goals nonstop. That's not what you want to see. I need to see him punch it in the end zone and find that rhythm mm-hmm. on offense and I grab absolutely. a couple stops on defense. I want to see touchdowns this week myself. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. I agree. Is it that Pat Bev time? It, it, it might be. Might be that jo- Jonesy. <laughs> Jonesy. Jonesy. I got breaking news. Oh boy. But you I got, got breaking. I, I got breaking news. This is something that we have talked about for a while. Now, I, I can't show you because I left the bottle across the room. But you know it's now, it, it's in the United States now. Henny White is in the United States. And I got a bottle. And I love it. Oh, you know, that's been no, one of that's one of been no, that's been one of the no, staples in my of my collection for a no, couple years now. No no more sending my wife overseas to get me a bottle to, to sneak me one back into the country. I can go around the corner to my local fine wine and spirits and get me a bottle of that Henny White. So I'm sorry, DK Metcalf. I'm sorry I called you DJ this week. You've been holding on to that the whole show? Yeah, oh. As you've been sitting in the back of your head the whole show, huh? Yeah, well, look, man. <laughs> It has. Right. You know, I'm, 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 I'm my hardest critic. Yeah. You know, no. last week we were sitting there, we were, we were making fun of uh, David Carr, and, and then I realized listening back to the show, we called him Derek Carr the whole show. But it really it, it doesn't matter, you know. You, nope. It, it doesn't matter. But I was on that Henny White last week too. Okay. But it was all right though. But you know, it, it happens. It happens. No, no, right out of the bottle. Right out of the bottle. No. Don't even hide it. Uh, no, I, I go right out of the bar. You know, there's no telling what I'd say on this show. <laughs> Jonesy never want to work with me again, man. <laughs> uh, real quick, Jason, where can people talk to you, man? They, uh, they, they need to hear more Jason Ashworth. Where, where can people talk to you? Hey, man, when I flap my mouth, it's usually on Twix. That, see, you like that word. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that's mostly where I get my get off right now. I mean, other than just hopping on random shows. Um, but I do appreciate jumping on with you, brother. Oh, it's been fun. Yeah, no doubt. You can catch me on on the Twix at All Ashworth. That's what mm-hmm. it is. All Ashworth has been, always will be. There you right? go. There you yeah. go. Brother, we appreciate you, man. Thank you for coming oh, on with us. This is a good conversation. No doubt. And, 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 and trust me, you know, you, you hit on something earlier. You know, we are running out of guests, so we will ask you to come back <laughs> probably before, probably before this season is over to hey, talk more Eagles. The playoffs is coming, and we we do believe the Eagles will make it. They haven't clinched the spot yet. Yeah, hey, I so got we time. Well, time and opinion. So you say when? Appreciate that, man. Thank you, right. sir. My pleasure. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jason Ashworth. That's my man. I bro- we need to get that brother his, his, his own podcast. Look, oh, absolutely. I, look, I, man I got, knows, man knows his football. 
I ain't got no money, so I can't get the I, I can't get the logo changed to Jonesy Brown and Ashworth. I can't afford that. <laughs> that, that, cost, that logo costs too much money. But uh, but that that brother needs his old his, his old show, and then maybe we can come over, we can take over his show one day. We need to do that. Mm. All right, yo. Thank you for joining us for the World Famous Jonesy Brown Show. Remember, you can download this podcast wherever get your favorite podcast just go to bitwsports.com hit us up facebook instagram twix jason like my word yo you like my word facebook instagram twix it's not a thing man. it, it is <laughs> it's absolutely a thing it's not a thing <laughs> josie and brown man josie and brown or facebook instagram <laughs> twix uh Oh, at bitw sports. Um, that's uh, that's Mike Jones over there. I'm John, John Brown, Brown over there. Hey man, y'all have a great weekend. Enjoy your sports. We'll be back whenever they, we'll whenever we want, whenever we are. We'll be back at some point. Y'all have a great weekend, y'all. Peace. This podcast is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. To subscribe. Download and follow on social media. Go to bitwsports.com. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown.